Welcome to AMP's Simplifying Super Podcast, the place where we call on the knowledge of AMP's experts to help demystify the often complex world of superannuation and retirement. I'm your host, Adam Masters. This is the second installment in our two-part special on retirement. So if you missed the first episode, you may want to go back and have a listen to that one. I'm once again joined by John Perry, one of AMP's resident experts, to talk more about life's quieter years. We'll learn more about the age pension, and then John will give us some tips and things to consider when planning for life after work. So, John, welcome back. Let's not waste any time and get straight into it. Who is eligible for the age pension? Well, Adam, generally to be eligible, you must have reached age pension age, which is currently 66, and rising to age 67 by 1 July 2023. Uh, You need to be also an Australian resident and have lived in Australia for at least 10 years, during which there should be at least one period where you've lived in Australia continuously for five years. And you need to meet the income and assets test, which will determine whether you're eligible and also determine the amount of money you'll receive in the age pension. All right, so another really important question, which we segue into nicely here. How much is the full age pension? The maximum age pension, including supplements, is currently $952.70 a fortnight for a single person and $1,436.20 a fortnight for a couple. Now, if we convert that to a full year amount, that's $24,770 for singles and $37,341 combined for a couple. Okay, so those numbers are for the maximum age pension. The age pensions actually received will then depend on the person's income and assets. So how do the income and assets tests work? Okay, so Centrelink will apply both tests. They're actually two separate tests. And the one which produces the lowest age pension is the one which applies. Now, for those listeners who follow text, test cricket, remember the good old days, <laughs> I, I often use the analogy that the income and assets tests are like a batsman facing great bowlers like Jeff Thompson or Dennis Lilly. If one of them didn't get you out, well, then the other one certainly did. <laughs> so the asset test measures how much your assets are worth, while the income test measures how much income you receive. If your assets or income are above certain limits, then the age pension is reduced. And in some cases, this can be reduced to nil. That's great. I love the cricket analogy as well. Um, Let's explore the assets test first then. What is included in the test and what are the limits? Okay, well, the first thing to note is that if you live in your family home, it's not counted as an asset for this purpose. Okay, so assets which are counted will include things like investment properties, savings in bank accounts and term deposits and investments like shares, income streams and super after age pension age. Then there's certain lifestyle assets which are also counted such as caravans, cars and home and contents. And if you commence a lifetime annuity after 1 July 2019, you can have up to 40% of the purchase price excluded from the assets test. Now, there are limits on the value of assets you can hold before the age pension is reduced under the assets test, and and the limits are actually higher for non-homeowners to reflect that they don't have a home. And they're currently as follows. Um, For a single person, um, you can have up to $268,000 before the the asset test is applied. And for a non-homeowner single, that's $482,500. And for a couple, it's a couple homeowner, it's $401,500 before the asset test applies and $616,000 for a couple if they're a non-homeowner. 
Now, if you exceed these limits, the age pension will reduce by $3 per fortnight for every $1,000 above these limits, cutting out altogether when the final following limits are reached. So for a single person homeowner, $583,000, non-homeowner, $797,500. And for a couple a combined homeowner, $876,500. And for a non-homeowner, $1,091,000. There are also higher limits for couples separated by illness. That's a great breakdown there, John. Um, what income, I'm wondering, what income is included in the income test then? Well, this is an interesting one, Adam, because and, and some of your listeners may find this a little bit hard to, to understand, but Centrelink will actually include both actual income that a person receives, say from employment, uh, from a rental property, less expenses of course, and up to 60% of income from a lifetime annuity. But they'll also deem a set rate of return on assets such as bank accounts, term deposits, shares and other investments account-based pensions and super held after age pension age. So it's almost like this, this combination of actual income and deemed income. Now, in respect of deemed income, there's some rates that they use to, to assess uh, this income. There's a lower deeming rate of 0.25% and an upper deeming rate of 2.25%. Now, the lower deeming rate will apply to the first $53,000 of deemed assets for a single or the first $88,000 of combined assets for a couple. And the upper deeming rate will then apply above those thresholds. Is this then also added to the actual income from those assets? No, Centrelink will only assess the deemed income and the actual income is ignored, even if it exceeds the deeming rates. So how much can age pensioners earn before the income test then kicks in? Okay, a single age pensioner can earn up to $178 per fortnight before the income test applies, and the amount for couples is $316 per fortnight combined. The age pension will then reduce by 50 cents for each dollar over these thresholds, cutting out completely um, at certain amounts, which for a standard rate pensioner, single, is $2,066.60 per fortnight. And for, um, for a couple living together, it's $3,163.20 per fortnight combined. Okay, so I guess the next question is, you know, are there any strategies that individuals could deploy to reduce their assets and income, basically so as to improve their age pension? Now, I knew that question was coming. <laughs> um, and it's a question that we get asked quite a lot. Um, it's almost become a national pastime in Australia to try and work out how to <laughs> maximise the age pension. And there are some strategies out there. And the first thing I'd like to say up front is, um, it's a complex area. And it's a good idea to speak to a financial advisor if possible or speak to a, someone at Centrelink so that informed decisions can be made. Now, can I give you a simple example uh, of where it can go wrong? Um, uh, age pensioners are allowed to gift an amount so as to reduce the amount counted as an asset and potentially the, the deemed income from that. The amount you can gift is no more than $10,000 in a year and no more than $30,000 combined over five years. So if one gifted, say, $6,000 each year over five years to their children, and that's not $6,000 each, that's $6,000 in total, then they would comply with this rule. Unfortunately, I've seen many examples where people didn't get any advice and they then gifted way above those limits. 
And where this occurs, Centrelink will still count that the amount gifted over the, over the limits as an asset for five years and will also subject it to the deeming income test. So you've given away the asset, but you're still going to be counted on it for a five-year period. So please get advice before you consider gifting anything, as it's often impossible to undo this damage. Of course, an informed decision is the smartest decision after all. Um, John, finally, I'm wondering what tips you can give our listeners as they dream of retirement, including possibly an early retirement. Now, Adam, you'd expect me to outline a series of financial tips first, and and that is important. However, I want the listeners to focus on the non-financial side of things as well, as this is, in my opinion, just as important. Now, we spoke about the fact that people are living longer in retirement due to increases in life expectancy due to medical breakthroughs. Um, At the start of their retirement, they will have more time to spend and they may also be active. So my question here is, what are you going to do when you retire? It's actually a really great point. Um, What has your experience been with talking to people who were planning to retire? I've spoken to a lot of people over the years who planned their finances, but did not plan how they were going to spend their time and money in retirement. Some got so bored that they went back to work. So please have a think about this. Um, You might be retiring from work, but you're not retiring from life. So it's embrace retirement as a new beginning. And some of the things that you could consider doing include reconnecting with family and friends. Uh, I know a lot of retirees who enjoy spending time with their grandkids. Uh, They particularly enjoy handing them back at the end of the day to their parents. Also, some people might use this to reinvent their career. So looking at starting their own business so they can work their own hours on their own terms, or alternatively use their experience by consulting or working part-time in a new field that they're passionate about. If you're still healthy and active, uh, get more involved in the community. Uh, Volunteer, start a new hobby, or become more involved in your current hobbies. Find the things you love and do them. And, you know, for some people, retirement is a great time for further study. If there's something you always wanted to learn but never did, it could be another language, the piano, etc. And once COVID is under control, um, people will look at travelling again, whether it's within Australia or outside Australia. So there's plenty of things to to consider doing um, as you're planning to retire. Now, we're edging closer to our close for today, John, but I'm going to be like Hansard and remember what you just mentioned before. Is there, um, is there any financial tips that you can share with us? I'm going to hold you to it. I was expecting you to do that, Adam. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's some quick, some quick tips to if you're still working and plan to retire within five years. Now, um, this may sound counterintuitive for some people, given that I work for a superannuation company, but can I say to you, pay off your home loan because you don't want to go into your retirement with a home loan and unfortunately more and more people are doing so. At the same time, consider how you can boost your super, as it will be most, most likely make up a major portion of your retirement savings. So increasing it while you're still working is like making a payment to your future self. And we've covered, covered some contribution strategies in our podcast series. Create a retirement budget so you can work out how much you may need in retirement. You may not have as many expenses, but you don't want your standard of living to, to drop substantially. And importantly, get some advice. Talk to a financial advisor or an accountant to start to develop an organised plan for retirement. John, thank you for your time. It's been great talking with you. To our listeners, if you'd like further information, please visit amp.com.au forward slash super. And remember, it's always important to consider getting expert advice before making any financial decisions.